Good afternoon and welcome to You Can Cook Too. I'm Patricia Casey and I'm delighted that you can join me. Before I talk through the recipe, however, I should let you know you can now get all of these recipes free on Spotify and iTunes. You won't have to look at any other material from Gripped. You can get these on their own for you to go through at your ease and you will certainly have plenty time this weekend to try the recipes we've done to date and in particular this one might be a treat and it's beef stroganoff. I don't know if you've cooked beef stroganoff, it's like most of my recipes very easy to do but it's it's a delightful recipe. The ingredients are available in every town and village in Ireland and they're as follows. One and a half pounds of either fillet beef or sirloin steak. You know, a good quality, a good quality um, steak of some sort, not a stewing one or a braising one. Two and a half ounces of unsalted butter. One and a half tablespoons of paprika. Now you can either get the sweet one, which is what I use, but if you like a bit of oomph in it, you might want the hot one. But hot paprika, in my opinion, anyway, is is too hot for the ordinary palate. It's certainly too hot for me. But whichever you choose, one and a half tablespoons. 12 ounces of button mushrooms, thinly sliced. 10 fluid ounces of soured cream, and that's the one you get in the cartons already soured. Three tablespoons of sunflower oil. Two teaspoons of lemon juice. And then at the end, a small handful of chopped parsley to garnish it and some salt and pepper as you like. You start by cutting the steak into roughly half inch slices. It's fine if you want to get it already cut up in the butchers and it's in cubes, but it looks nice if it's steak slices, about a half an inch thick. And then you melt the butter in the pan to the melted butter and you have two and a half ounces of it. To the melted butter, you add the paprika. That's the one and a half tablespoons of that. A large onion, which I forgot to mention in the ingredients, but I'm mentioning it now. So the large onion cho chopped up and you cook the two until the onion is soft. That'll probably take five minutes or thereabouts. You don't want it to brown, but just nice and soft. And then to that, you add the chopped up mushrooms. And remember, we have 12 ounces of chopped mushrooms. And you add them to the paprika and the onion mix and cook them for three to four minutes very gently. You don't want anything to break up. You want the mushrooms to remain, the mushroom slices to remain unbroken and, and whole. So you cook them for three to four minutes and then you take that mixture out of the pan and put it aside. Now, don't wash the pan. Leave it as it is. And to that, you add a half of the oil. Um, and we have three tablespoons in total. So we'll add one and a half tablespoons of oil. And to that, you add the steak. Now, it's a good idea before you add the steak to just dry some of the liquid from it with um, one of the kitchen paper towels. And then you fry that in batches. Don't put it all in together because firstly, you might break it up with, you know, if you if you have to, to um, spoon it around 
too vigorously and it'll take it take it longer in the end. So just fry it in maybe one or two, maybe two or three batches and fry it quickly so that it browns quickly and season it with a little bit of salt as you're turning it. Depending on how well you like it, it doesn't actually need to be completely cooked through to be completely brown. If there's a bit of red in the middle, that's fine because it will go on cooking when you re-add it later on. So when you've cooked all of the steak, you add you you add the ingredients that you had taken taken out and put aside. That's the mushroom onion paprika mixture, and you mix that gently around. Always mix the stuff gently to keep everything intact. And then after that, you put um, the soured cream on top. Ten fluid ounces of soured cream. You could put you can you can mix it all into it, or you can in fact. Just be, be, take the mixed the mixture of meat and mushrooms and onion out and lay a little bit of the soured cream on top and let it sort of melt naturally into it. Um, both look absolutely gorgeous. You then add two teaspoons of lemon juice and you decorate it with a handful of chopped parsley um, on, on just thrown, thrown, thrown roughly over it on top, but, but chop it small. And the best way to chop parsley is to put it into a small glass with the scissors, and the scissors um, will, 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 will cut it very small because it, 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 you won't expend too much energy getting it, getting it into fine pieces. You, you then serve it with either noodles some people serve it with pasta, but I can't convince myself that the Russians liked pasta that, that much. So I serve it usually with either rice or noodles. I also like gherkins on the side. They add a nice tartness to the to the to the whole mixture. And then some a salad or perhaps some vegetable like leeks. If you can get hold of red cabbage, kind of spiced red cabbage or the red cabbage cooked with cooking apple that 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 I think I've done for you before you c- you can use those to serve with it as well but the trick is the meat and the carbohydrate on the side the rice or the pasta or the noodles now stroganoff is an interesting recipe it's relatively recent it was only after the second world war that it really took off in in most of the world it goes back to a chef, a French chef called Charles Breer. And there are two stories about how the recipe began. First is that he was a chef for a very rich family in, in uh, St. Petersburg. And that's Count Pavel Alexandrovich Stroganov. So he called the recipe after this this man who was the count and for in whose in whose chateau he he worked. And he entered a cooking competition in Saint Petersburg in eighteen ninety one. That this this was the recipe that he had invented for the cooking competition, and he won it. And so he decided to name it after Stroganov. However, the story may be apocryphal. Because when some researchers looked into the good Count Pavel Alexandrovich Stroganov, they found that in 1891, had he lived, he would have been 117 years of age. They also found that not only that, but he had actually been killed 74 years earlier. So that was, um, that was, that, that may not have been 
true. There's another, there's a linked story to that, which is that the reason he chopped the the um, the steak into very thin slices and indeed the mushrooms into thin slices was because the um, Count's teeth were fragile and were failing. And so that he wouldn't break his teeth when he was eating the food, he was, he was given this very finely cut up um, dish. The second and possibly more likely one is also linked to the Stroganov family, descendants of the Count. And they were very rich um, Russian upper class family. And at that time in Russia, in the 18, 1890s, 1870s, 1890s, um, in Tsarist Russia, they were very fond of the French and they sent their children to France to go to school. They hired French chefs to come and cook. Their, if, they, if they were children were being taught at home, their, their teachers, their home teachers were French and so on. And so that this was a dish that was invented by Charles Breer for the descendant of the Stroganoffs. Now, the, the Count himself had no male heirs. So when he died, he wasn't allowed to leave it to his daughter because women weren't allowed to inherit um, estates at that time. But his daughter was married to a distant relative. And so he inherited um, his wealth and his um, Dachau's and this man, Charles Breer, was the chef there who did indeed cook it for them and did indeed enter it for a competition and um, and it won. Some others suggested that, in fact, Breer never worked for the Stroganoffs, that he just invented this recipe of his own accord. And because it was a very luscious recipe, linked it to the, um, to the aristocracy and picked the name, the Stroganoffs, as the name to link it to. In any event, it doesn't matter because it's a wonderful dish and it became very popular after the Second World War war. Um, it, it, it was first recorded in a, a, an English-speaking cookery book in the 1930s, but it didn't really um, hit the kitchens until the 1940s. And of course, in order to do justice to this recipe, I'm going to play uh, some or a song by a singer whom we all thought was Russian, but in fact isn't. Ivan Rebroff was well known uh, until a few years ago, but he died in 2008 and we haven't really heard much of his music played in recent years. He was actually German, born of Russian parentage, and he was born prematurely on a train platform in Berlin. He, at some point, decided to change his name to the Russian Ivan Rebrov, and that's what he, that's the name he is known by. He is an amazing singer. He's a self-stylized Russian. When you see pictures of him and indeed watch him singing on YouTube, he looks quintessentially Russian, you know, big furry caps, um, very bulky coats, um, big boots, um, and he himself is a big man with the very prominent facial bone structure that Russians have. Um, he sings with an amazing voice, and when you listen to it, it's it's mesmerizing, it's astonishing, it's um, terrifying at times because you 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 don't know how he can do what he does with his voice. He has this huge range of four and a half octave range. He's able to sing long tracts without ever taking a breath. And of course, when you watch him perform, he's just an astonishing 
performer. He specializes in Russian songs and if you listen to some of some of them like a very well-known one is Kalinka, you would recognize it immediately. It's um there's a dance based uh, based on it, but the one I'm going to play may not be well known to you, but it's a very peaceful restful piece and it's called Evening Bells. I would also encourage you to look him up on YouTube and watch him performing on that because he is truly amazing to watch as well as to listen to. So I hope you enjoy Evening Bells as you pick up the bird song in it, listen to the star, watch the stars twinkling and feel night falling gently. It's a wonderful piece, Evening Bells by the wonderful Ivan Rebroff. Oh. 